You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. A six-game losing streak for the Philadelphia Flyers. Is this who they really are? Has torts been broken let's talk about it all right now this is the orange and back check podcast with bill kornfeld and scott weinhardt it is episode 131 of orange and back check thank you so much for joining us make sure you are following us on twitter instagram facebook all that good stuff especially instagram and facebook because who the hell knows what the future of twitter is at orange and back check podcast on instagram just search for us Orange and back check on Facebook. Scott, what's going on, brother? Uh, you know, just uh preparing for a nice meal on Thursday. Yeah. Happy th- <laughs> happy early Thanksgiving, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to the Lord's listeners. Um yeah. this has been an interesting week. Uh you are you I bought into your system. Uh you 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 have a glowing effect to doing doing that on people with your positivity. And it's one of the things I love you about a, as a person. Um, but when it comes to this stupid hockey team, I hate you for it. Because <laughs> they're on a six-game losing streak, two of which are overtime losses. Um, and they're the only games, by the way, uh that they scored more than one goal. They're scoring only one goal uh in these overtime or excuse me, in their, these regulation losses. Um, overtime or shootout losses, they've scored four goals, including uh, the other night uh, on Saturday night against Montreal, which is kind of like the sticking point. I think that is what is annoying a lot of people the most. But I think this is who they are. This is who the Flyers are. They're they're going to be this team, and, and credit to Torts. He has gotten them to battle for the full 60 minutes and then some. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're going to come up short every single time. They'll get a couple of wins. They're not going to lose out the season. That's absurd to think. Like it, it's, but suck for Bedard is back on the table. Like that. That's Connor Bedard should be their top guy to try and get because look that that the the debate between Cam York and Cole Caulfield reared its head again. And and I'm not going to mince word or I don't want to relitigate that because I think whatever I, I I it's done and over with yeah and you could say the same thing about Nolan Patrick and and yeah Nico uh, and not even that uh uh, it's a, uh Cole uh, Kale McCarr you can say the same thing about that it's just it it's done and over with you made your pick you move on get over it frankly look let, 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 let's let's start off by the reason why they're on this losing streak okay now We've said before, or at least I've said in previous episodes, to expect this, to expect this, okay? They're going to have seasons, parts of the season where they start slumping. They had the tough loss against the Blue Jackets, and then they've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit. And it's not for a lack of effort. It's not like they're not playing. This is simply where the talent disparity comes in here, okay? This is where they don't have enough up front. Kevin Hayes is not a top-line center in the National Hockey League. That's a problem. Defensively, they're playing, I'd say, I'd say they're playing pretty well defensively. 
Um, but overall, you know, I think what after this team can be summed up after everything from uh, the, the Saturday night game in Montreal. Like, this team is going to work and work and work towards the very end of that game. They're pinning their end. They have two or three chances to clear the zone. They kind of not panic. Like, Zach McEwen is falling down and trying to flip it out of the zone when he had plenty of time around him. He didn't panic per se, but I don't think he kind of aware had the awareness of what was going on around him. Hockey sense, so to speak. And he just kind of flipped it out. It went to the point. The Canadians wind up scoring. That's the thing. You got to play 60 minutes of hockey, not 59 minutes and 58 seconds. So he patented. I would, yeah, I mean, again, kind of panicked there. Kind of flipped it. Could have taken his time. There was nobody around him, really. Yep. That, that's those are those are learning experiences and and part of it and i'm not sitting here defending that a professional hockey player should know better than that but i'm saying that's the effort you're trying to see he's falling down Owen oh, Tippett's play oh to probably had his best games of flyer last night and he had a one play where he was getting hit he fell along the boards was on the ground reached out with a stick and then passed it across to uh Provorov, who had a shot blocked when it when he was wide open in the slot the effort's there but the problem is, is that when you're having the same thing come up as last year, where half of your AHL roster needs to come up because this team cannot stay healthy, that absolutely makes the fact, it puts the fact that they already had, don't have enough skill on this NHL roster. It puts it under a magnifying glass because the players that you do have, that skill that can compete at the National Hockey League level, are now sitting in the press box because they're injured. Yeah, and let's go over it. So, obviously, the the most recent one is Scott Lawton. He took a nasty hit, uh, which was a clean hit. But clean it, hit. But what was the concern was his head bounced off the ice. Like, it, he got off. His head down. broke his fall. Yeah. That's, that, like, that's, how, that's how you explain that one. Yeah, exactly. So, he clearly, I would imagine, is going to be in concussion protocol. And that's really upsetting because he has had, as they made very known on the telecast, like, he has had a history of concussion problems. Um, this is a serious concern. And you kind of lost your leader. I mean, he's the only guy sprouting an A uh, or any lettering on his jersey. So it's just it's just heartbreaking to see a guy like Scott Lawton. Uh, but you also have lost JVR, Sean Coteri, obviously, Scott, uh, Cam Atkinson, and TK. Uh, uh, yeah, TK's a big one. TK's, TK's a huge... I mean, realistically, this you're talking about your veteran core and your veteran scoring. Like that, that, you're gonna start relying on Morgan Frost and the like, and Owen Tippett, who admitted, like you said, had one of his best games as a flyer la uh, against Montreal on Saturday. Um, he has creeped into that one of two guys that I'm excited to watch a night in and night out. Like everyone else, I'm like, okay, I'll just put up with them. The other guy's obviously Carter Hart. I'm I'm fascinated by how he has progressed, and obviously it it sucks because we're we we ventured away from. Uh, Carter Hart's glowing stats, but I mean, it doesn't tell the full story because of what's in front of him. It's not uh, still has a nine twenty two and a two point six five goals against. Him. He still has a nine twenty two and nine twenty two. That's that's elite status in the National Hockey League. But now we have to start relying on the likes of Morgan Frost, who has been called out by Tortorella several times over already this season. Uh, in terms of trying to get him to play to the caliber that we expect. I mean, the fan base has basically turned on him uh, trying to... Fan base needs to get over it. Yeah, uh, but but I also get it because, like, 
I don't know. We talked about this a couple episodes ago, and it's like it takes a while for him to to develop as a centerman at at the age of what twenty two, twenty three. Like it, it's it's a tough ask. It is really what it comes. It's down a to. very tough ask, and and you're asking a young player who is still trying to learn under a new coach, a new system, uh, learning how to play at the National Hockey League, learning how to play at, you know, at, at learning the defensive coverage first, which I, I didn't think was terrible. The rule is defensive for defense first, and the offense will come later on. Look, that the fan needs to get it. The fans, and I, they're not going to, and I get it. But they need to get over this obsession with Morgan Frost and what the, he has advertised to be. Sometimes it takes a while for players to hit that stride. Sometimes it clicks on overnight. Look at Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett is a great example. Florida gave up on Owen Tippett, and he's turning into a really good player. You may not notice it right away just because he scored two goals on against um, uh, against the Montreal, but he's turning into that power forward that we, you know, like when we did our, our scouting report on him last year after we, they acquired him, you know, he has a very good chance to become a very Think of like a Bobby Ryan in this league. Like when Bobby Ryan was in his prime, the guy could score. He could throw the body around. He hit, had a a good-sized body. Owen Tippett's very hard on the forecheck. You know, it took him a while to get to that point, though. And it's the same thing for Frost and, and trying to – and the wingers have less responsibility. And so when you're not playing 200 feet like that, when you're just pretty much going down, down to the dots and back – you know, you it, it, even so, Tippett had a great defensive play last night and broke up a 2-1-1. The the point is about Frost is that you have to give him a little leeway, especially because he's going to have to eat up a lot of minutes here behind Kevin Hayes now. He's going to have to because yeah, Lawton's probably going to be out for a decent amount of time. Now, this is an opportunity for Frost to kind of get his wheels under him because without playing a lot of minutes, you don't, you don't get the, I should say, you don't really get the, 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 you don't get your feet under you enough to really become like an effective player until you start getting those minutes and you have to do it with less minutes to do it first. But now he's going to have an opportunity out of, you know, by committee because they don't really have a choice and he's going to have an opportunity to, to do that. But, but I'll say this going back to your point from the whole beginning of this thing, that this is, this is the same situation happened last year. The, the injuries are killing them. The injuries are killing them. It's, it's, you know, you have, all your players that are at the top of the roster, I'm thinking about it, Lawton, JVR, Couturier, TK, and everybody forgets Cam Atkinson is still part of this team. And let's throw Ryan Ellis in there. That's six players. That's six players. Five of which are, are on major. your forward. Yeah, correct. That are a major part of this team. What do you expect them to do? I mean, the only thing you can give is effort. Here's the concern. Here, because like you already alluded to where I was going with this just a second ago by saying this is exactly what happened last year. And the problem was Chuck Fletcher convinced the front office and Dave Scott to say that was the reason we sucked. That's the reason we had a disappointing season because our injury lineup was more efficient on the ice than could have been more efficient on the ice than what we actually put out there. And we're getting into that same trap that we did last season. So now I'm already getting into the mental goddamn state of that's the built-in excuse. Now, the only difference is you hope that you're so bad that you're back in the suck for Bedard sweepstakes. If you can get Connor Bedard, everything changes. And that's what they have to do. Like everything should be focused on that. And look, you're not going to get them to openly admit that they are tanking. They are not a Sixers or an NBA type of situation where you can openly tank. And 
again, you have the benefit of John Tortorella. John Tortorella, I think, broke last night against in Montreal because of how bad that loss was. That was a bad loss. They should have won that game. You were two seconds away from winning, and you gave it up. You hung Carter out hard out to dry. As you said, they couldn't clear the zone. And, and Cole Caulfield, of all players, of course, had to score that tying goal. Now, it is it, it, like he was smiling, like facetiously, but he was smiling on the bench because you can't help but laugh at this point. That is the Flyers' luck. You had a chance to end a five-game losing streak, and now you're staring at the you're staring down the barrel of another ten-game losing streak. That's not going to happen. You know, they're I, not. They're, I, I, they're, it's not going to happen. It's not. You were two seconds away from winning a game last night. You lose in a shootout, and you don't even get a shot. Now you don't even get a shot. I think in 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 three on three, and you lose in you lose in you lose in a shootout. I, that game was they they played well last night. Like they played a good hockey game, but this is and this is what Torch says afterwards, which I think is very very key. Which people and I listen. If you're watching just the Flyers games, I get it. No people, no, but not a lot of people watch the press conference afterwards. It's very intriguing when you watch Torts and you watch his press conferences because of how honest he is. Listen to what he says last night after the after the game. Difficulty of playing with a lead in this league. What more do they still have to learn in, in order to be able? To we have a lot leads? to. Yeah, it's it's hard. I'm not gonna. I have a a list of things that it's to be expected, uh, and we're just gonna we're just gonna keep on teaching. We're gonna keep on uh, trying to help them. Um, I'm I'm a little frustrated tonight for them. I'm not mad. I, I'm not. We don't get the result, but. I'm not even looking at that right now. I'm trying to figure out who's who and who do we really want to keep here? Who do we don't think is going to be part of it in the big picture? Uh, those are all the questions I'm trying to, in my head, try to answer. But uh, I'm not leaving a building upset with a hockey club when they play that hard. I'm not going to leave the building upset. We've got to do a better job coaching as far as uh, positioning and, and just teach them how to manage hockey games. Car he's talking about a team where he's frustrated because you you can't the effort is there to win a game you just get the absolute worst luck of having an ex, a guys out there for extra shifts Zach McEwen desperately trying to get the puck out of the zone he can't and they wind up scoring on a ridiculous shot with less than two seconds to go it's not the result you're looking for. Wins and losses, and I think that this is why he's kind of reserved to this, because he's kind of has to change his strategy, so to speak. The goal is to win games in the National Hockey League. But right now, I think internally they know, with this many injuries, we know we're not going to win games. Now, that's a key thing, because now you're trying to say, okay, how are we going to get guys who is going to stay here in long term? Who are we going to build a team around? Because that that's going to be the big thing going forward here. If they, is it, is not it, isn't it weird that they're like towards is already discussing that? Like you said in that clip, no, he's no. talking about. I'm a little frustrated for them tonight. I'm not mad, but I'm trying to figure out who's who's who and who do we want, really want to keep here. I think that is a shocking insight to how they really view this season, and we've known that that's how they view this season. Um, and towards has kind of been the 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 voice for the team obviously like because we're not we don't hear from chuck during the season except once maybe towards the end but like 
I, I, I'm, I'm shocked they're so openly about that because I think that just gives an insight to how they view this season where, yeah, maybe we'll sneak into the playoffs like you, like you have been uh, positive about. But I, I just don't think they see any realism. In, in, I think they're looking at it from a realism perspective, I should say. And they're like, yeah, we know we're not going to be good, especially now with all these injuries. Yep, you're talking about the six injuries, including Ryan Ellis. So I, 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 I'm, I'm appreciative for how in, in, like insightful he is or how open he is. But I'm also getting tired of towards saying, I like the effort tonight. I thought we were there. I like the effort tonight. It's like, okay, dude, we get it. But the results aren't showing. So stop, like, if you have yeah, to- but you, How can you expect the results to show when you have this many injuries? I mean, let's be real. We're not using injuries as an excuse, but they're not that deep. No team is that deep. Let's look at a team like, okay, let's use the, the big, bad, blue Toronto team, okay? They lose John, let's, for instance, okay? Then I did it a couple years ago. They lost John Tavares in the playoffs, and then they wound up blowing it to Montreal. You're, you're talking about giant pieces of a team here. Let's say they say they lose Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and say something happens to Mitch Marner. What do you expect them to do? Yeah, they're not going to do expect much. Toronto to fall. Exactly. Yeah, you're not using but it as an time, excuse, but it's it, the reality of it. It's the reality of it. But the talent. Uh, well, no, that's even. Uh, that, I, go ahead, finish. No, your because it doesn't even make sense. This. Because their talent is significantly better than what the Flyers' talent is missing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Right. Doesn't that's where matter. I was. Yeah. It doesn't matter because that's the core of their offense. The core of the Flyers' offense is Travis Konechny, James Van Riemsdyk, Cam Atkinson, and Sean Couturier. And guess what? They're not playing on a team that doesn't have a whole lot of talent to begin with as far as a high-level, elite-level, elite-level talent is what I'm talking about here. Obviously, they have talent they play in the NHL. But when you're talking about guys on a level playing field, they don't have that elite talent. So when you have guys go out that are close to that level and multiple of them go out, how can you expect to compete? They literally would have grinded out a win last night, which would have been great for the locker room. Now, here's this is the positive out of this that people have to look at. You know, stop with the suck for Bedard thing right now. It's not tanking for Bedard. They might not be good enough where they ha- might be a lottery th- a lottery pick. You know, I still feel like with all those players healthy in the lineup, they're a playoff team. I just think that there's enough talent there. The division is good enough where, you know, Pittsburgh is falling. But look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's two points ahead of the Flyers, and they have Crosby and Malkin and Chris Letang. You know, and they're a deeper yeah, but that's team. Yeah, that's not a... That, it that, doesn't uh, matter, but there's a massive talent difference between... You put Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on this team right now, and you don't tell me that that's an upgrade over what they have? Of course it is, but... Then there you go. That's the point I'm trying to make is that they have much more talent on this roster and they're underperforming. That's my point is that you have multiple players here that are out. It's not an excuse. It's the reality of the situation. The situation is they don't have enough talent right now to compete. When you have Max Willman and Patrick Brown and you're playing more defensively, you don't have enough firepower up front. You can't expect them to score two goals a game. You can't, you know, when you have your leading scorer, Travis Konechny out, where's your offense coming from? You have to score goals. So you're going to grind games out and you're going to play really well and probably lose three to one, four to one, because you're not going to be able to keep up on the scoreboard. That's where the problem is. It's not so much suck for Bedard right now. This is where they're at with the injuries. 
it, it could be they could get a lottery pick simply because they just don't have enough goal scoring because of all these injuries. And that's a very, very high possibility at this point. Before we get into the next, uh, what my follow-up is, I want to remind everyone that this episode of Orange and Backcheck is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL Sundays are only getting better as we see the birds try and bounce back from a tough loss uh, Monday night against the Commanders. And so are the incredible odds and offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's a great offer. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. I mean, I would ride best you can to see what this this Eagles team continues to do. Um, I also am starting to just like, I mean, you got Minnesota and Dallas this week. Try and see what they, you combine there. Maybe uh, combine Jonathan Taylor with uh, here against the, the Indianapolis Colts. And then maybe try and see what Kirk Cousins does. I don't know. But what I'm also looking at, it's the start of the World Cup this week specifically today on Sunday, if you're not paying attention, with the USA men's national team playing tomorrow. You can take some stuff there. Uh, with bigger payouts, with bigger payouts better than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL and the World Cup. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet let me do that again. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Again, promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See details in our show notes. Is it not annoying, Scott, that this is a repeated thing for the last four seasons, five seasons? They start out well, you feel like they're kind of in it, and you've gone through three coaching regimes, and it's still the same damn result. Yes and no. Um, it, it's, it's very annoying to the fact that it just feels like it's insanity. It's the same it feels thing like Groundhog Day. It yeah, feels it, like we're Bill yeah. goddamn Murray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really Except does. Except we're a yeah. suffering fan base in the NHL. Yeah, we're we're like the old guy in that movie he's trying to resuscitate after giving him soup. You know what <laughs> I mean? They give us a little bit. That's exactly what's going on there. Um, the, the issue I find with it, though, is that I don't think that there was enough. The reason why I'm not as annoyed this year as I was in years past. I thought the team was better a few years ago under Mignot. Thought the team as a whole. Thought they wasted some opportunity there with some with some good talent. Mm-hmm. Last year was just a disaster. Okay, that was just a disaster. This year, I'm not as annoyed because it is a new team with Tortorella behind the bench. His first season, he tends to go make it didn't close about if I if I'm looking at this because I know what to expect. Okay, he's gonna come in this first season. He's gonna pay this team's gonna be about 500 right around there. They're gonna be an average team. Probably a chance to get in the playoffs if they get healthy. But I really am paying attention to the fact of where this team is going to go as far as its development because next year is what I'm really excited for. This year is all learning. 
next year is the plan if the plan gets executed and what i mean by that is that next year is okay this is the team we've got to put on we know what our players are here but i'm really really not annoyed from the development standpoint because i think that they're going to get the maximum they can under this coach or not otherwise they're not going to be here now does that does that annoy me no this year no does it annoy the average fan 110 percent. yes it does and i get it i get it from the average fan because they're not looking at the game analytically like i am they're looking at it as flyers won last night oh great if the flyers lost four in a row oh they suck they're terrible i can't believe this franchise where they've been they're looking at it as a surface when you dive in a little deeper it's it's a bit different and that's what i enjoy about it i'm not as frustrated but absolutely, everybody, every fan who is, I can absolutely understand why they've been frustrated. Yeah, because all they're going to see is, oh, they're on a six-team losing streak. I'm not checking Again. in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly, yes. They're, I'm not checking yes. in. I'm not buying tickets. I'm not going to check this out. I, like That's why right. I, I'm just kind of like over. Like I, I get why he has to say it. I think Torres has a very, is, is very good at coach speak. He's very good at coach speak with the media, with the occasional blow up that we see with, uh, I'm not going to talk about this, the goalies. You know that, Sam, and slams the desk and all that. Like, look. <laughs> I love that. I love it. And then at the same time, I stew on it a little bit. And I, I and it's like, come on. I, it's just disrespectful to like, because Sam's trying to do a job. I get what he's trying to get. He's trying to prod. But at the same time, I, I like it's, a, it's a two sides of the same coin. Really, what it comes down to, it's the, it's a reporter trying to do their job, trying to get an answer in the in the sports media, and it's Torts not trying to give away a strategy while also trying to play the game in the media. I get it. Like this is not. I, I disagree. I, I don't think it's playing a game. I think it's actual frustration because that was a really frustrating game for them. The fact of how well they. It's frustrating when you're a coach and you look at a team and saying, "God damn! Like they they played so well. They should have won that game." And last night. On Saturday night against Montreal, he was legitimately disappointed. Like, he was, he's not, and you can see why saying, I'm not mad, but you can see him like, that's a game we should have had. Like, when you blow a game with two seconds left and then lose it, it's demoralizing. It, it's absolutely demoralizing. It also, it, it's also amazing that it's similar to like the hot and cold starts that we've seen or the hot, the decent start. And then the, the trickle down of this, the, the downwards trajectory trajectory. It's also amazing that, I mean, it's not just uh, the last three years or four years. It's been a system wide, like just not on their radar of concern. Their ability to win in a shootout is amazingly bad. Like I, like, I and I used to be one of those fans before we even started this podcast that was like, well, it's the shootout. You still bag a point. There's no shootouts in the playoffs. Just get in the playoffs. So you don't have to worry about it. But then when you're in a team that is not expected to be that good, uh, like we are this year, where you're probably going to honestly see quite a few overtime uh, games this year, you've already seen a couple. Like you're going to get these. The, there's a there's a there's a there's a there is a um method or there is a way that I see the Flyers sneaking into the playoffs as a wild card probably the second wild card because they won those shootouts but because they don't put an emphasis on it for the last decade and a half like or really since the post first lockout in 04 second yeah. lockout if you count 94 or 90 whatever 93 95 94 95, 95. Uh, like it's amazing that they don't put this emphasis and they're giving away 
multiple points every single night because of that uh, non-emphasis on it. And I don't know who to blame because it is just a franchise-wide system. System. It didn't matter if Laviolette was here. Didn't matter if Torts was here. Didn't matter if anyone in between them has, it was here. They just don't care about it. And, like, it's just piss-poor effort. Like, it just seems like they don't care. And the only memorable shootout that I can think of is, I think it was Boston, and the only win they had was because... Uh, 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 Marsh, Marsh and I think fanned on the puck. He touched it slightly and completely fanned, and that's the only way, only reason they won because he stopped. Yeah, it was a home game. That was two years ago. Yeah, that was two it's years. The ago. Only memorable thing I have yeah. of a shootout. I mean, obviously in 2010, in, 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 in with the with the Rangers, and you, you, I was there. I was yeah. there for that. I yes, I absolutely remember that. But I've seen them win a couple shootout games over the years. But they don't win enough, is my and and I agree. But I, that's the thing is that it comes back to a skill differential as well. Like they don't have pure goal scores. Even when they were good, they didn't really have that pure goal score. Like the only one we're, I mean, Giroux is like 36%, 37% of his career on shootouts. Like that's not, that's not great. I mean, you know, you're not like TJ Oshi where you're going to go in the 2014 Olympics and, and, and score like seven in a row. Um, listen, I, I don't weigh too much in the shootout, but again, that's the skill differential. That's the skill differential that you see. Like there's a difference between a guy like Cole Call or Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki's turned into one of the best centers in the NHL. He's one of the better players I've seen come through in a long time. I mean, look at the move that Nick Suzuki put on Carter Hart last night. Just went backhand and just forehand, faked the shot, bit Carter Hart bit. He knew he was going backhand to the post, and he just waited and tucked it around him. Like, that's great play. That's just great hands and great sense. You know, and then you have Tippett come down and Tippett shoots on him. And then you have Hayes who tried to do the right thing and, and pull back and make a move and flip it. But that's that's another thing. And then, you know, Morgan Frost, Morgan Frost post to post. I mean, you know, they he hit both posts, located perfectly, yeah. but hit both posts. Like another another microcosm of how this season is going to go. Exactly. You, like when you have do, and, you, and you hit both posts in a shootout. It is like very tough to hit. The, yeah, it's very tough double to doink. double boat. Yeah, you did your own double doink. Yeah, and even Jim Jackson said it was like, "Oh, double doink." It's like, "Oh man, like that's where their luck is at right now." And we have to live with that. You know, I think as they add more skill, they get a guy like Connor Bedard and you know, if hopefully you know, hopefully the season doesn't go that bad, but they do, I think the shootouts will get better. I'm at the point where I kind of want the season to go that bad because you're stuck in limbo as a team right now. We've been talking about the same That's freaking freaking team system for the last decade, like I was saying. Like it's been multiple regimes of coaches, multiple GMs. It's been the same consistent player players or playing methods. It is not changed in 15 freaking years, it feels like. It will not change, and it does not change, and you have an opportunity to change it. So you're gonna, you should be sucking for Bedard. I don't care if you have to publicly admit it or not, but you should be sucking for Bedard at this point. This is who the Flyers are. The last six games have exemplified who this team is. They are not good enough, whether they have the five injuries to their forwards or not. You are not skilled enough, and you are competitive, but you're not going to win. You're going to come up short on the whole. You're going to win some sneaky bad game, uh, sneaky tough games. That's fine. You got the Pittsburgh Penguins coming up on Black Friday for your traditional afternoon Black Friday game. You're probably going to play pretty damn well against them because it's always a battle for Pennsylvania, and you always show up for that game. But you're not consistently going to do it. It's like 2012, another microcosm. You emphasized that Pittsburgh Penguins game, and then you shat the bed against the Devils that season. You thought 
That series was you winning against the Penguins was your Stanley Cup that year, and then you shat the bed in the second round against the Devils. That's where we are because it's been systemically corrupt and rotten forever. Whether it was Paul Holmgren, Dave Scott, Valerie Camilla, Chuck Fletcher, it does not matter. This team is not good, and you have you really legitimately have an opportunity to get a career franchise changing player in Connor Bedard, and you're going to try and be competitive and win? F it. Tank. Forget it. Get Connor Bedard in this, in this, on this team, and that's what changes. And then you fire Chuck Fletcher, because I think Fletcher will ruin him. But that's another story. That's a debate for another day. Billy, and I would say that was one of the best rants you've ever done on this, uh, at this podcast. I have nothing to further that, because you know what? I... I can't say I disagree. Do I look at things positively? Positively, absolutely, I do. I, I am a glass half full type of person and see the silver lining and everything and see that. But I get that sentiment because you look around at the fans. You know, it, it's one thing for a hockey nerd like me who just loves watching the little parts of the game and the little chess matches and everything like that. Who loves that stuff? And then last night, even when they got scored, I literally just like, oh my god! Like yeah, I had the butterflies in my stomach. No, I had like a, when they were getting close, I'm like, oh my god, they might pull this one off. Like they're they're pinned. Like this is this is bad. I got that pit in my stomach. Like oh man, can they? And when they scored, I literally just fell back in my chair. I was like, you gotta be kidding me! And because like it just deflates you. But you know, I, I I'm a nerd, so I I I can I can get through an entire season of ups and downs like that. The regular fan, I completely concur that that's the opinion of where they should go. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. Because listen, listen to what Torch said after that last night. Particularly up front, you guys are, are lacking a lot of veteran contributors. Yep. Does that show itself late in games? You don't necessarily have guys with the experience of killing out games? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think where we're, we're still in experience is who's going to... Uh, Who's the guy that's going to settle things down on the bench? Uh, who's going to make that big play? Um, you know, and that, that's leadership. Uh, that's lacking. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's not it's not lack of effort. We just, uh, uh, as, as we forecast this team and we keep on building this team, those are things that we're going to have to try to figure out. And... Uh, I'm I'm excited about a lot of different things with players, but I'm also looking at some things that I just don't think are going to be a big part of this when we move forward, uh, or at least they can't be if we're going to move forward. So those are uh, those are some of the things in my mind uh, that, that goes on in my mind. I guess following up on that though, the big picture. Obviously, you're looking to develop these kids. You're looking to develop a team. But at what point does the repeated losing hinder that because yeah. then they get demoralized. It's a great question, and, that, and that's something we have to manage. I, I think that's a big part of the coaching staff here, is to is to how do we approach the team when we're when we're going through this, uh, uh, and that's a very important part of our job. So, and I hope we do it the right way. Take into consideration what Tortorella is saying here. First of all, you have a young team. There's not a lot of leadership on it. This is adversity for these kids. This is adversity for a lot of these players who have not been through it before. You're talking your younger players, like your Owen Tippett, your players like um, like Noah Cates, um, uh, Morgan Frost, 
those are the types of players that need to go through this. Sometimes it's like almost like the Sixers process. You kind of need to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win. But at the very end, it's, it's very big. You look at it. How did this become demoralizing? Well, first of all, a loss like that last night is, is demoralizing. But the thing is, is that you, 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 the coaches have to kind of say, look, this is where we're at. This is how we work through it. If you're going for tank for Bedard and you need a generational talent, remember that the team around that generational talent is just as important as the player who's a generational talent. And there's no better example than that than Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Yep, that's exactly they, where I was going. Yep. They are generational talents. They have yet to sniff a Stanley Cup final. And because the team around them has not been well-developed enough, the talent is there, but they're not good enough. You know, they the defensively are not good enough. Their goaltending hasn't been good enough. They haven't built the team the right way. They've relied too much on Dreisaitl and McDavid. You can't have that situation happen here in Philadelphia. So while you're down like this, this is where you build the core of your team. And if you happen to get a player, a generational talent like Connor Bedard, or someone close to that, or if Cutter Goodshe comes up and turns out to be a game changer uh, next season, that then then it's easier to build that part out. But you you really need to build the foundation here and say, hey, look, some of these guys may not be here next year or the year after or something along those lines. You need to learn how to work through this adversity. You need to figure it out and you need to pull yourself out of it and move forward with it. That is a huge part of hockey. And even tanking for Bedard doesn't necessarily make you a playoff team because look after the Flyers got Lindros, it took them a few years to even get to the playoffs. So it's really important for people to understand while they're not playing well right now, they, they need to work through it. I will say that the Lindros thing was very unique because of what happened. Like obviously the, the whalers and all that, like you gave up a lot of capital to get Lindros into your system. So it cost you in that. So like the, the difference would be you're getting Bedard potentially directly. Like you have direct. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're still no, no, having know, to rebuild that talent. But you're not giving up capital directly to get Bedard, which is, I think, which cost the Flyers a couple of playoff years because of that, I would, I would say. Oh, right. But even the same thing, this team right now isn't good enough to, to, to as not constructed, but at, with the injuries, they're not good enough. So they gave up a lot of pieces like Peter Forsberg, Mike Ricci, you know, uh, Steve Duchesne, Ron Hextall, $15 million in cash. I can't believe I said all that off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I can, can, I, nerd. I can I, confirm I, he did not have any, anything it, in no, front of him to remind nothing. him of that trade. But so that you have all that stuff, and then now you're adding in like a guy like Bedard. Yes, but you still have your team. This is this is this is if they do get Bedard, and I don't want to speculate that far out because we're we're months away from that. They could we're get players away, back and rebound. Preparing for it, right? That's how that's how sad that's the sad state of affairs the franchise is right now. But if they get it, let's just let's take Bedard out of it. Just say a generational talent. If they get a generational talent, it could be could Cutter Gauthier. If they have that, the, the thing is now is that next season going into this, when that player has to go through and learn how to go through the adversity and stuff like that, when they go through a slump and all that stuff, they have the team around them built to kind of pull them back up. That's what you're building the foundation of right now. 
Yeah, this is why I'm saying is that this is why it's kind of been a rebuild without being a rebuild. Their aggressively retool has essentially been, look, get a new coach in here. Let's get these players developed. Let's find out which ones we're keeping, which ones we're not moving on and building a, a, a solid foundation here to work through this stuff. And and I, that's the, that's the difficult thing that people have to understand that there's a lot of growing pains with this. There's a lot of growing pains. So, you know, hopefully they get themselves out of it. They they don't. But last night with with the gloss against and it, here and I'll say this is the last time I'll bring this up. This this is the coin flip that happens when you have a loss like you did against Montreal. You know, if you win that game, oh man, we got away with one. Whew, that and, and that could be worse than the fact of of the Demore like we blew it, like we blew it because that should give you an edge and piss you off for the next game and then really really have a determination with that. The one where you escape, you're kind of like, oh, we got away with it. We got the win. A win is a win. But you don't go at the same edge. The fact that they had that game won and it blew it with two seconds left should piss every single one of those players off. And that should give them an edge. And that sometimes that can be a little bit of a rallying thing. You get that demoralizing loss. Sometimes a loss like that, I could tell you, in the last couple seconds of game, is 10 times worse than being blown out like 9 to 2, 9 to 3. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Like the blowout loss is demoralizing in its own right, but like, Losing a game you should have won with less than ten seconds, two seconds to yep. go. That yep. that that stings a different way. It, it's a different sting. Exactly. Yeah, it's a exactly. different. It, it's a deeper cut. It's a deeper sting. It's it's just it, it's just tough. So yep. I, I, look, I will buy into that. I will buy into the system um, that they are pissed off and they will come back on Monday against Calgary and and, and light a light a fire under their ass. Gets Calgary, it's a tough ask. <laughs> Again, <laughs> like that's my point, man. Like the 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 schedule's not easy. I get, like I just said, like they're gonna they, Calgary's they, not playing great though. They're eight seven and two. They're still figuring it out. They've had that massive roster change in the offseason, but they're still figuring it out. But they have much more skill. But you have Calgary, then you have Washington, and then like I said on Friday, Black Friday, you have uh, Pittsburgh. Like. You're staring down the barrel of another ten game losing no, streak. You, you, you're, you're not because you can Calgary. Be. Why can't? How can you say you're okay, not? Okay, 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 okay. Let, let, let's let, let's look at where they're at all in the standings right now. Calgary's underperforming right now because they're still figuring things out. They're eight, seven, and two. Seventeen games played. Calgary has more talent on the roster where they should be better than that, but they're not there. They're still working the kinks out. You know, losing Gaudreau, losing Kachuk. That that's a major change for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting in Huberdeau, um, uh, Uyghur, and and Kadri. You know, they're 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 working through that kind of stuff and figuring out what kind of team they have now. They have to play differently than they did last year. They can't just be an offensive juggernaut. They have to play more of a rounded game because they lost a lot of offensive skill there. Let's look at Washington. Washington has played two more games than the Flyers and have one point less than the Flyers right now. They're severely underperforming. Not just that, we know they're an older team. We know they're gonna have a hard time getting through it. Um, you know, they're, they're an average team at best because they're, they're getting older. And then Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's only one point ahead of the Flyers. Look, let's be honest here and let's just throw this out there. So people are aware that this is not all doom and gloom on this podcast here. All right. And everybody, okay. Regardless of the six game losing streak, they're only four points out of a playoff spot. Right. Not bad enough to be Bedard. (laughs) Damn yeah, they're, 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 that's what I'm saying. They, they're, they're, uh, it's opposed to the Ducks who only have 11 points in the year, which is really surprising because they have Troy Terry and um, and uh, I forget the other kid's name. Um, uh, flew off the top of my head. Sorry. Uh, they have, they have a, they have, they have a good team. Uh, Ch- Trevor Zagros. Uh, they have a solid team that uh, overall they're young skill players. But even then, they're five and twelve. 
um, <laughs> which is really bad. Uh, they have 11 points on the season. Okay, the, the lowest point totals in the season are 11 and 13. Okay, Columbus has 13. The Coyotes have 13. And Anaheim only has 11. So Anaheim's worse than a team that doesn't even have a home arena. So um, that, it's pretty brutal. So the Flyers are, are still above that. They're, they're, in that. they're in that no man's land, but at the same time, yes, only four points out of again. the playoffs. Again, 10 I years I know. of no man's I land. Know, I know, it's I know. It's been no, but, that long. Ten years of no man's land. But I'm, but that you're missing my point. My point is that it, it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, you're not the Devils who run off like ten in a row and they want thirty points now. We're really turned it on, and you're not the Bruins who. I'm sorry. I think that this is the most surprising thing I've seen in a long time. Boston's sixteen and two. They're sixteen and two. I did not expect Boston to be that good, but they're really good. Anyway, I digress. The Flyers are they're, they're 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 okay right now, but the teams are playing this week. They have a good chance to rebound because Washington's not good, and the Penguins. I mean, they're eight seven and three. They have they have one more win than the Flyers and one less overtime loss. They've won an overtime game. I mean, it's, it's a difference between those two. So that that's that's the that's the point is these teams are all figuring out. You're not going to really know what this team is until. You know, really, probably after the calendar year changes. But at the end of the day, I know people don't care. I know people who generally don't care. They just want to see results. Like, it's not it's not doom and gloom yet. Like, we're talking about the negatives this week. It's close. Because it's frustrating. They've won six, lost six in a row. And you're right. You're staring down the battle, a barrel of a 10-game moon streak. But you know what? I'm sorry. If they lose to Calgary, Washington, then Pittsburgh this week, then they deserve to lose 10 in a row because they're beatable teams. They're all beatable. Calgary's going to turn it on at some point, and so will, uh, what's it called? And I, I think Calgary at one point. I don't know about Pittsburgh at this point. So, But still, I mean, it's not, it's not like it's the end of the world. They're just, they're, they're, they're hurt. They're figuring it out. They'll get through it. We'll see. All right, that is going to do it. Episode 131 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. If you want to reach us, at obackcheck on Twitter. Shoot us over on Instagram. You never know what the hell is going to happen with that website. Oh, but at Orange and Backcheck, Orange and Backcheck podcast on Instagram and Facebook, all that good stuff. Give us a follow. Thank you again to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN when signing up to get $200 in free bets if your Moneyline bet wins. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook and the Hockey Podcast Network. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. I'm telling you people, I'm not crazy. I'm just a nerd, okay? I'm not crazy. <laughs>